Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Writer's Lounge. I'm Sarah Whitford, author of the Adam Fletcher Adventure Series, and my co-host is Terrence Zepke, author of many, many, many books. And we are really excited to be coming back to you with a brand new podcast. Um, previously, we have done a podcast called A Writer's Journey. Um, we did two seasons of that, but we have we have completed the topics we wanted to complete with that particular show. And so this is a brand new one. We're, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things related to writing, the writer's life, um, interviewing maybe some authors here and there, um, and just covering a number of topics in a laid-back lounge setting. So, Terrence, let me let, let you just jump in here and, and talk to our audience a little bit. Okay, so I'm Terrence Zepke. I'll be the co- I'm Sarah's co-host, and I've been trying to get Sarah to do this show for a long time now. Um, I wanted to interview her on her Adam Fletcher series. And her fifth book just came out and she's finally, I finally just, you know, broke her down. So we get to, um, I'm getting to interview Sarah today on this really, really exciting book series. And I think that she has some good stuff to share with everybody um, about writing a, uh, a, a series. Um, I, I wanted to say, I guess I should start out telling you, Adam Fletcher series, if you're not aware of it, is a historical fiction. Mm-hmm. It's also in the adventure category. And Sarah, I don't know if you want to just real quickly just give them a synopsis of Adam Fletcher so they'll have some idea what you're talking about. As we... Yeah, sure, absolutely. The series takes place in beginning in um, 1765 in Beaufort, North Carolina, which is a little um, port town, little coastal town um, in, in eastern North Carolina. And um, it, it starts off, the very first book starts off with Adam Fletcher um, getting forced into an apprenticeship uh, that he really didn't want, but he, it, that's the that's the impetus for all the adventures that end up happening in the series. Um, but he ends up getting um, forced into an apprenticeship with a shipping merchant, and um, the series is really just about him and his life and the adventures that ensue once he gets put into this unexpected role. Okay, so that everybody knows, and real quick, I, I should back up though and say that our music. If you liked our opening for our show, it was actually done by Sarah's son Isaac. Yeah. Um, because the whole family's just terribly creative, um, terribly talented. It's kind of sickening, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to Isaac for a great music open. And so, um, and so let's just jump on in, Sarah, with the interview, and, um, and let's just have you tell everybody because I think this is a big deal with writers um, that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. Is how you come up with an idea for a series that you think is viable. How did you come up with Adam Fletcher? <sighs> Okay, well, um, with the Adam Fletcher series, actually, you know, it's it's one of those things that did not happen overnight. I started off, actually, I spent I spent seven years working on a book based on one of my ancestors because I'm a genealogy nerd, y'all. Um, but I, one of my ancestors who I found was you know, placed in an apprenticeship and it seemed like he was coming from really humble origins and he ended up doing quite well for himself. Um, But I was really inspired by that and tried for about seven years to write a novel based on his life, but I just couldn't because, you know, it was, I was, I guess I was trying too hard to stick to the biography. So I scrapped that, but I still loved that idea of an apprenticeship. And I loved that colonial era prior to the American revolution. It's that we don't hear much about that. We always hear about the revolution or we hear about the civil war or something like that, but we don't hear about those in-between periods. Um, And so this was a really cool time, though, because this was a time when, you know, Americans were really getting fed up with all the taxes and, you know, the oppressive stuff coming from from the crown. And um, and so it just plus I love I love anything having to do with um, 
the coast and um, pirates and things like that. So there's a little bit of pirate stuff thrown in here. Um, references to characters who have history with our famous pirate Blackbeard and his men and things like that. Um, so all of those things just came together and I was able to sort of concoct this, this um, sort of catalog of characters and circumstances and um, it just went from there. Okay, so a good piece of advice for uh, people that are trying to become writers um, and are working on something and are having a lot of trouble with it. Um, if Sarah can scrap a book after seven years, then you can also say, maybe this isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I need to go in a different direction. Um, and that's really hard when you've committed a lot of time and energy um, to something. But sometimes something just isn't going to get there. And you have to know when it's time to let go and open yourself up to a new idea because Sarah was meant to write this series. It came about in a weird way, but Sarah was meant to write this series. And so she had to go through this initial thing, I think, to get to this place. So you have to also have your own journey, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, that I, I, tell, I, I tell people that, I, you know, I talk to people a lot who are aspiring authors and things like that. And one of the things I tell them is, you know, just just write the book and and you know you don't make it into don't make it into this this thing that's like the holy grail everything has to be so perfect because it, it's never going to be perfect your first book is not going to be your best book um, because you're going to get a lot better and you're going to learn how to be a more concise storyteller and and you're just going to improve in so many ways as you go so just write the story um, and you know that the thing is it was the most liberating thing was after that seven years of working trying so hard to make this other this other story work when I, once I scrapped that and started mapping out um, the Smuggler's Gambit, which was the first book in the Adam Fletcher series, I already had ideas for the second book because there was some backstory stuff I wanted to include, and it just it came to me so fast, and it was it was amazing. I was able to write the Smuggler's Gambit in a matter of months, where I had been working on that other one for so many years. So, well, speaking of that, tell us here: Did you map out the entire series before you wrote the first book, The Smuggler's Gambit, or are you just making it up as you go along, or is it a bit of both? Um, it's it's a bit of both. When I when I first started mapping out The Smuggler's Gambit, I um, actually used a technique that I found in a um, a book, and we'll have to link it in the show notes. Um, but it was a, a basically an index card technique, and it's a technique that I have come to love. Um, where, you know, you, you get ideas for scenes and characters and things, and then you just put them on index cards, and then you sort of start putting them in order. Well, I ended up with so many index cards when I tried this technique that I was like, this isn't a book. This is like a series arc, you know, because this is way too much to happen in one book. So I have, a, I definitely have a clear trajectory for where these characters are going and what, you know, some of the major things that are going to be happening and how I envision things wrapping up. Um, but I don't know all the little paths that they're going to take to get there. I have some ideas, but yeah, it's, it's sort of a little bit of both. Okay, cool. Well, so tell us here now, do you know how many books will be in this series? Because you're at number five now. So you know how many books you, uh, you this will, will, will include and like how you actually, you may not know all the past, but I'm assuming that you know how you want the series to end. I get this question all the time. Okay, so originally I had thought there would be seven, but I just finished book five and, um, and now I'm working on book six, which is going to be actually like a novella. Thank you, Terrence, for your wonderful idea to, to do this, <laughs> this a little bit shorter than one of the standard novels. Um, so I'm already on six, but there's still 
a good bit that needs to be taken care of in this series. So truthfully, I have no idea. I don't know. But I do know that I did have have it in mind to, to wrap up at least the, the the major series arc around the time that Adam finishes his apprenticeship, um, which is when he turns 21. And he's going to be 20 um, in March after the year that just is finishing with the smuggler. I mean, with the stolen bride. OK, so you don't have to know. Um you, sh- you should have some rough idea of where you're going with the series, but you don't have to have all the answers. I think that's a fair thing. Okay. So tell us here, um, the first book in your series, The Smuggler's Gambit, you've made that book perma-free, yeah. which means it's free on Amazon or anywhere else that anybody goes online to buy their books. So do you, now that's the, that's the ebook. Yep. That's free. Yeah. But the print book is not free, but the ebook is free. But do you think that that helps sell other books in the series? Oh, my goodness. That has been such a game changer. And it is a scary thing to do um, because when I first started, you know, publishing these books, I was, um, you know, we, we all think we have all the answers as soon as we start. And we're like, oh, I've read all this. I've read all these articles and advice. And, you know, I tried the KDP Select thing. KDP Select, for any of you who don't know, is a is a program that authors can enter into from Amazon where you make your books exclusive to Amazon as far as the ebook. And then um, people who have Amazon um, Unlimited can, can basically read your books for free. Um, so, you know, I, I tried that for a little while. Um, and after the second book came out, I was thinking, okay, well, I have a second book now, so I can actually discount the first book and, and start doing some promotions that are, you know, to do something cool with this. Um, and I had been hearing about BookBub endlessly, and um, and everything I was hearing was that BookBub loves free promotions. And I was, you know, terrible, terrified to do this, considering I only had two books out, because let's face it, I mean, that's 50% of what you've got to offer. Um, but the, it was the, it was the biggest game changer when I just marked the smugglers gambit down to free the first time, which was only for a short period of time. I ended up with over 30,000 downloads in that short little window that it was, it was marked down to free. And I ended up having really nice returns on that and people buying, um, captured in the Caribbean, which was the second book. And then, um, the follow-up books as they came out late, you know, because I ended up having um, two books come out in um, in 2016, um, one in the spring and one in the, one was Captured in the Caribbean being in the spring and then Murder in the Marsh in the fall. And um, and so, and I, you know, I was able to, I, I had readers is what I'm saying. I was able to actually get a nice number of readers who were getting into the series, who were subscribing to my newsletter and all of that. So then I put the book on The Smuggler's Gambit. I just decided, you know what, this is working so well why don't I just keep the smugglers gambit free all the time? Cause let's face it, you know, when, when you're not with a major publishing house, that's, that's investing big money in promoting you with the little stand up displays in Barnes and Nobles and, you know, advertisements everywhere and stuff like that. It's hard to get your name out there. Um, and so, um, you know, and I never wanted to be in the traditional publishing arena. And so that being said, I had to do the creative things to get, to get some eyeballs on my books and that perma free thing has done it. Okay, so that's a good idea. But I, I do want to say, this is me interviewing Sarah, but I'm just going to pop this in there. Um, most of what I write is nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And for me, just because they buy one of my books doesn't necessarily buy mean they're going to buy another one. Yes. So, because, yeah, they're, they're a very different kind of thing. So for me, perma-free is not a good solution. Yep. yep. Because just because I sell a bunch of one travel 
travel book doesn't mean that somebody's going to buy this other travel book, mm -hmm. you know, because they're not going to this place or whatever. So it, it really is a case by case basis. But I think with fiction that it is uh, a, a good experiment to try for you because you can't always undo that if it's not working. Yeah. If it's not leading to sales. Yeah. So, but I do want to, before we move on, I just want to make sure that listeners heard this and understood this. The first book in this series is free. Yes. So you can try Sarah's Adam Fletcher adventure series at no risk. So if you go onto your favorite bookseller and just download you a copy for free, and then you can learn more about the Adam Fletcher adventure series. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about this, Sarah, about your, how do you spark your creativity? You know, how do you get unstuck when you get to a, a point, you know, maybe the writing's not coming so easily. Um, do you have any little tips or tricks or you just walk away for a while and come back to it? Or do you just make yourself carry on? And what do you what do you do? It's a combination. You know, sometimes I, I have to walk away from it and just take a break because I know it's just not happening. Last year, you know, I didn't I didn't publish anything in 2017. It was a very very, very busy year. Goodness. Um, but by the time um, 2018 rolled around, I knew it was I, I had to get this, the Stolen Bride done. I had been promising it to readers um, and I just couldn't mess around anymore. And so I, I, I really had to make myself buckle down and just get it done. Um, and it, it was I mean, it's 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 a there's a lot going on in the book um so it was a good bit of work so at th that point you know yes I had walked away for a while which did help but I knew what was going to happen in the book it's not like I didn't know what was going to happen it's, but it was a matter of me just making me put my butt in the chair and, and write it and just get it done um and so yeah so I mean you have you know you, you sometimes you have to walk away sometimes you know it might be um sometimes it might be just writing in a different format, you know, switching to a notebook and, and writing in a notebook or, or making some note cards if you don't, if you're not really sure where your story is going. But um, there's just so many different things that might be, you know, might be helpful depending on the circumstances. Okay. So what do you think is the most challenging thing about writing a fiction series? <sighs> That's a great question. The most challenging thing about writing a fiction series is just being discipline, staying disciplined and getting those books written and, and published in a timely manner for your readers. Because goodness, when you're writing a series, your readers are invested in those characters and they want to know what's happening. Um, and so it's not like you can just say, you know what, I don't feel like writing anything. I, you know, I might go away from this and write something else. I mean, you, you could, but I, I, I kind of feel like especially with something like the Adam Fletcher series, I I feel like if I was a reader of a series like the Adam Fletcher series and the writer decided to take a break from writing the Adam Fletcher series at this point in the series and then go write something else, I would be so frustrated. So you kind of have, I think, I think you have to be kind of committed to it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but that's because my series is written in such a way that it does continue from one book to the next. This isn't a series where you, it's not like Indiana Jones, you know, where you've got, you know, Indy and, and he can have any number of adventures and they don't really, or aren't necessary to, you don't even have to watch them in order because you can still totally enjoy the series. But with the Adam Fletcher series, it's definitely something that's sort of serial in nature. You know, each book builds on the next. Um, and so I don't want to leave my readers hanging for too long. And so that that is a little bit of a challenge because sometimes you feel like, I kind of would like to play with this other topic. But I'm trying to stay committed to it and get the series written. Okay, so last question for you. What is your biggest regret or say, biggest mistake that you made when, you know, 
from at any point writing this series, there has to be something that you say, gosh, I wish I'd done this differently or I shouldn't have done this. Um, Oh, yes. Well, there's actually there's actually two things that I can think of. Um, The first thing is something that I just simply didn't know when I was writing the first book. And I didn't know it until um, until my copy editor pointed it out. I have a fabulous copy editor um, in England, and he is he is he has been so helpful through this whole series because he's very experienced. He's worked with a lot of authors, um, both in in the UK and in America, um, on all kinds of books. And he helped me understand when I sent him the manuscript for the Smuggler's Gambit the first time that um, I was using more or less an omniscient um, third person point of view, and just. All of you who are listening, you probably know what point of view is. I'm not trying to, to, you know, assume that you don't know. But just if you don't, you know, you books can be written in first person, second person, or third person. First person is where the, the book is written in such a way that it's, it's the character talking. Like, I went to so-and-so's house, and I did this, and then we did this. That would be first person. Second person would be like the choose-your-own-adventure stories that we read when we were kids, where you open the door, and there's a bright light in the room, you know, that's second person. Third person is where you're, you're talking about something someone else is doing. Um, so that would be where you're saying he did this, she did that. Um, the thing is, the third person omniscient sort of means you as the, as the writer are, you know what's going on with all the characters, you know what all the characters are thinking and everything. And that was the way fiction was written for a very long time. Um, but and, and if I like traditional, like old fashioned fiction. So I've read a lot of that. And so that's normal to me. But uh, Marcus, my my copy editor said, people just really don't do this much anymore. They They bond a lot more with the characters when you have a third person limited. So that means what you're doing is you're focusing on your your primary character um, when you're writing the book it's third person so you are writing like he did this he did that but you're not you don't know what all the other characters are thinking so if you're talking about something that another character seems to be feeling it's because Adam perceives that they are feeling a certain way by their reactions so that's one that was one mistake I made and so I ended up having to go through and change a lot about the way I had written um, speech tags and also descriptions of emotion and characters in that first book. The other thing is, um, has to do with not over explaining things. That was another thing I did in the first book. And, um, and I I think it definitely does make some passages a little bit more boring. Um, and I regret that now. And I've thought a lot about going back and tightening some of that up, but then I'm, you know, I don't know. I I just, I'm on the fence about that, but that was something where some of the passages in that first book are just a little too, too wordy. And I explained too much and, it wasn't necessary. I thought it was, but it really wasn't looking back on it now that I've learned more about writing. Okay, so I want to make sure everybody knows uh, we haven't mentioned this so far, but this is a PG series. Yes. So there's not going to be a lot of, uh, well, there's not going to be any sex or cuss words or um, anything risque. Well, there are, it. there so is some, there is some pro- mild profanity. So like there's, there's some mild profanity in it, but the way I, you know, I, I perceived it is it's, you know, these are, these are, these are people who either live and work in a tavern or they're people who live and work in like, you know, they're coopers and working in a ship for a shipping merchant and sailors and stuff like that. These guys are going to throw some words around now and then, but it's nothing is nothing excessive and it's nothing too strong. It's, it's, it's not just thrown in there to be shocking. It's, if you read the series, you'll see, but I I don't want to say there's no cussing. It's just that what's in there is, is mild. 
Well, I'll just say I don't even remember it. So <laughs> okay. That's, that's how mild it is. I don't even remember it. <laughs> okay. So anyway. All right. So I, I just want to thank Sarah for finally sharing this. I think she shared a lot of great information. And there's just a few things I want to say before we wrap up. One is if you're interested in learning more about the nuts and bolts of writing, we do cover that, as Sarah mentioned, in A Writer's Journey from Blank Page to Published. And you can find that on iTunes or on our, our website. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go back and just, you know, we actually walk you through the whole process of getting started, taking your idea and running with it. So if you're interested in that, you can go back and um, listen to those shows. But this is going to be a whole different ball game here. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to some of the topics that we are going to be covering. And um, one of the things I, I told Sarah that um, I, I wanted to do at the end of each show was um, there's a lot of famous writers out there that are kind of famous for some of them for their drinking habits or for their favorite drink or whatever. So since we're calling this the Writer's Lounge, I wanted to kind of wrap up the show by, by mentioning something each week so or each show, whatever that is. So for the first time here, I'm going to talk about F. Scott Fitzgerald. Everybody knows him. He's done so many great books. I think the most famous was probably The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. But his favorite drink was a gin ricky. What is that? Now, do you know what's in the gin ricky? No. It's gin, lime juice, and club soda. Hmm. So that was F. Scott Fitzgerald's favorite drink um, was a gin ricky. So I thought that was – that's um, – Uh, Like I said, I'm going to share something with you each time. So uh, also our tagline, um, I told Sarah, I I love this quote by Ben Franklin, and I think this sort of says it all. So I'm going to wrap up my part here before I toss it back over to Sarah with this. And that is what Ben Franklin said, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Amen to that. Goodness gracious. What a great quote. Ben Franklin was a smart old guy. So he was very wise, very (laughs) clever. So... Okay, wonderful to Terrence. And I do like the little the little writer's favorite drink <laughs> feature. I think that's a, that's that's so much that's so much a part of of writing for so many. And um sadly if I had if I had a drink before I wrote, I probably would fall asleep. So I, it's probably best that I stick to, you know, something like uh I don't know, a cup of Darjeeling or something, but there's a time, but just probably not when I'm about to write because I get sleepy. But anyway, um, that's so funny. Um, but this this is fun. I think this is going to be a great show, a great um, series, and I'm really looking forward to more episodes because we're going to have all kinds of cool topics for you listeners. And um, as Terrence said, you can find our old shows on iTunes. If I think also um, now it's going to be on the Android devices. There's a, there's a sort of, I guess, a version. They have a version of podcasting now. I, I, I really should know exactly what this is, but you Android users we'll put it will in our, know. We'll put it on the website, yep. but it's the Google Podcast app. Okay, yeah. And so, there, so yeah, that. And so, but the, our, you need our websites, don't you, listeners? So um, yeah. Terrence's website, she has, she has two websites that you can visit. Her websites are, her main website is TerrenceZepke.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E. Z-E-P-K-E.com. That is her main author website where you'll find things about all of her books as well as um, this podcast and, and the Writer's Journey podcast. But she also has a super cool travel site called TerrenceTalksTravel.com. Um, and it's her first name is spelled the same way and then TalksTravel.com. Um, that is a great site. I highly recommend it if you like to travel or if you like to travel vicariously by reading about all the adventures other people have. Um, um, and because Terrence is definitely 
an adventurer and a traveler. Um, okay. And my websites, my author site is sarahwhitford.com. That's S-A-R-A. W-H-I-T-F-O-R-D.com. Um, that's where you'll find the, the podcasts on my site because we, we have them on both sites. Um, but then the, my book series, just look up Adam Fletcher series and you'll find the website for that, adamfletcherseries.com. Um, but we thank you so much for being with us and we hope you'll tune in again. Subscribe. Um, if you have comments, be sure and leave them, um, leave them below the posts on our website. We love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.